Hey, witches. Welcome to The Lion, The Witch, and The Podcast. We are two mystic Leos discussing spirituality and human condition in the post-pandemic world. So hop in, witches. We're going hexing. Hey. Hey. (laughs) How's it going? I'm just happy. I'm just happy because I get to be with my best friend on this podcast and this episode we're going to be talking about like our favorite thing in the world but like I don't know you know you know you know I know I know you know you know you know so before we get into this amazing topic Sean how witchy has your week been it's been so chilly. Yes. It's so chilly. Yes. And you know, like the sun, the, the sun is changing, like where just everything is changing, the leaves, the sun, like the light. Mm. And, you know, I'm still like clutching onto my plants outside, oh, like the God. last, oh, the last bits of them um, and the last harvest. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're just kind of like vibing with the change of the seasons. This week has been tough. I think Um, we are in Mercury retrograde until November. Is it? Shut the front door. I mean, don't quote me, but I think it's until November. Um, Fuck me. So this, I think this week is like kind of the crap, like the the starting point, right? Of this like just crazy time. It's always crazy. Um, But yeah, it's been... And I'm sitting here with my bestie and I have a, a candle glowing that's called Ghoul Friends. Oh so my God, ready. it's us. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How would you with your week? You know what? I feel like this is so cliche, but everything happens for a reason. I think during this retrograde, me finding my different roars has happened for a reason. Uh, Do you like that? Did you like yes. that? Right? <laughs> Right, Love it. right, right. I don't know. I feel like, did I, I don't know if I read this, is this correct or not, but I feel like this retrograde is really about communication and to really find the way that you communicate and how to communicate to people and really just have your power. Mm-hmm. And like, I've just had a lot of these instances in this past week. And it makes me feel like really like for once, I'm proud of myself that like, I didn't cry during this conversation. I didn't cry during this argument. Like I fucking stood up for myself or, okay, I did cry because I wanted to show that I fucking care. And it's really hard to like show emotions during like just conversations and confrontations like that. And guess what? I did it. I found my many different roars and it could be all my different like signs because I definitely felt like a Leo roar, but then I also found like a Libra roar. And I was like, okay, like that (laughs) makes sense. Like a little bit of both. And then a Capricorn roar. And then a fucking Capricorn roar. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm over here texting you going, fuck them up. Fuck them up. Fuck them up. Also, wait, I just, I just looked up my chart. Do you know my Mercury is in Leo? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Sounds good. I was like, oh, maybe that's why literally people are the scared definition. of me. <laughs> literally the definition of fuck them up. Like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. I didn't know that. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, that's like kind of been, that's been witchy. It's been witchy as fuck. Find your roar. Find your roar, guys. Find your roar. Oh, that should be on a shirt. That should be like on a mug. That should be on Which a sticker. Reminds me. 
Our oh. shop is open. Yeah, dude, go get your stuff. My mom literally bought everything and everything looks so cute on her. I'm not Aww. like, like it was so cute. Like the shirt, the sweatshirt. My dad has the mug. She also yes. bought the phone case. I was like, mom, really? She's like, I want to show all my girls at Maj. I want to show Hell yeah. them. Hell yeah, like, Robin. Yeah, I was like, thanks mom, <laughs> I appreciate it. So, um, yeah. Look at your stuff. Look yeah, at go like go support our shop. Yeah, exactly. So- Sean, what are we talking about today on this spooky episode? We're talking about Samhain. <gasps> Dude, that was so ASMR. Can you do that again? Samhain. Oh, oh that just made me like, mm, mm-hmm. We're talking about mm-hmm. Halloween, bitch. Hot. <laughs> Halloween bitch yeah so oh my god that's what that's that's what we're talking about that's why we're so excited for this episode because guess what this google doc is actually dope as fuck it's dope as fuck like dope as fuck so let's just get into it what are our resources for today our resources for today's episode are Halloween by Silver Raven Wolf and Samhain Rituals, Recipes, and Lore for Halloween by Llewellyn Publications. And thank you, Sean, for getting me that book for my birthday. Because you You're know. You're welcome. Because I am a Samhain bitch. We is. We is. We is. Okay. So let's get to it. What is Samhain? The history. Samhain is a Gaelic word and is usually pronounced Sao Quinn. I like doing the little Quinn. Quinn. Sao Quinn. Sao Quinn. Most Gaelic speakers translate it to mean summer's end. Samhain, Savin in the Scottish Highlands and Samhain in Wales. I could be totally saying that wrong, but whatever. Is, it was cute. Thank you. Is the Celtic summer's end festival, but more importantly, it is the Celtic New Year. Can I just say, I love how you pronounce that word because like I, I go between saying Celtic and Celtic and I don't know. I don't know. I, li- I like Celtic better, okay. but let's just go with that. Okay, but. cool. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't sure. I was like, is this right? Is this not? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe a Celtic Celtic, witch will, you know, pronounce, us know. pronounce it correctly one day for us. That would be lit. Thank you. There you go. So to give you an understanding of how old this holiday is, let's remember that the first large scale migration of Celtic peoples dispersing into separate waves into Europe was around 2300 BCE, long time ago. Mm. Legends indicate that on Samhain, all the hearth fires in Ireland were doused and then lit again from a central fire maintained by Druids. A central fire of this nature is called a need fire. The Celts believed Samhain and Beltana represented mystical fissures in time that allowed the living access to the land of the dead, called, now, don't quote me on this pronunciation, y'all, Tirnagnaun. Mm, good job. To the Celtic peoples, there was death in life and life in death. We must remember that the ancient view of time was cyclical, not linear, and in this framework, New Year's Eve as Samhain represents a point outside of time. When the natural order of the universe dissolves back into primordial chaos, preparatory to reestablishing itself in a new order. Mm. At this time, the harvest has finished, the dying god entered, and the goddess has descended into the underworld to be with her beloved. Is that you, Sean? Is that you? I think it is. Is that you? I think that's you. To be with my Scorpio. Yeah, you know. Dead ancestors will be visiting, and with the harvest tools put away, there's a new year to think about. 
resources to manage, goodbyes to say, and plans to make. To the ancient Celts, Samhain marked the completion of the harvest and called them to put their energy into preparing for the coming winter. It also betokened a day when their ancestors would come to visit, follow across the veil by all sorts of creatures, both good and bad, that moved freely in the mortal world on Samhain night. Ah, uh, yes. It is especially important that we realize that the ancient Celts did not fear their dead. Their custom of leaving food at the table was a gesture of welcoming those departed. From these visits came the idea that those that had gone beyond the land of the living could provide information on past or future events. Thus, the practice of divination in conjunction with Samhain was born. It was also believed that the dead could assist the living in practical and spiritual matters. If the dead did a good deed for you, they would be rewarded and assisted in the elevation process of the afterlife. Therefore, ancestors' veneration was a normal part of Celtic life because they believed that if the dead helped you, they could earn brownie points on their side of the veil. Mmm, brownies. I mean, come on, brownies. Come on. (laughs) Halloween brownies. Come on, Halloween brownies. Many pagans believe that a membrane-like veil separates the world of spirit from the physical world and that it thins the most in late autumn things pass through the membrane those things might be spirits fairies or even departed ones we wish so much to see again the modern concepts of demons and devils were not a part of the celtic religious system the celts did believe however in the fairy folk whom they thought may inhabit the land of the dead the land in between would pick out now and then to associate with humans on an incredibly limited basis. The fairies who lived in numerous mounds or she were thought to be resentful of humankind for taking over their land and forcing them to inhabit the in-between. Some of these fairies were considered hostile and because time and space could not be conquered on Samhain, fairies were said to roam the countryside, creating mischief and now and then kidnapping a human or two except the humans never came back i like yeah that's exactly cute love it love it although the early christian church would have been delighted to destroy Samhain, they were forced to accept the holiday and use the celebration to meet the needs of the political and social structures of the time in the new world halloween would find strong purchase despite the misgivings of the church and became a holiday separate from the religious mythos and political tyranny In America, from even the earliest settlers, the Harvest Festival was an important time for folk beliefs and events, such as races, bonfires, and fortune-telling, with All Souls or All Saints Day following to honor the dead. In Pennsylvania, folk magic thrived. In 1694, the German mystic Johannes Kelpis established a hermetic settlement focusing on psychic and spiritual endeavors. I have to put a carrot in here. I've been to his hermitage. Of course you have. It is a cave in the Wissahickon Woods. It is so cool. Okay. And there was like 20 guys crammed into this little like 10 by 10 cell. It was dope as fuck. (laughs) Mischief Night was celebrated in the late 1800s. From mid-October to early November, various towns, hamlets, and farming communities found celebration in the harvest of agricultural goods. The joy of a good foot-stomping barn dance and the wonderful shakes and quivers created by the theatrical telling of a heart-stopping ghost tale made Halloween a nationally celebrated holiday. Oh, I just love spooky. Spooky season. Spooky season. Okay. 
Samhain customs, traditions, symbols, and superstitions. To the ancient Celts, Samhain marked the most important of four Celtic fire festivals. Located halfway between an equinox and a solstice, it is one of four cross-quarter festivals. Every year on the first frost after the full moon in October, families allowed their hearth fires to burn out. After the fire dies, they gathered with the rest of their tribe to observe the druid priests relighting the community's sacred fire using friction. At this time, they made prayers and offerings or sacrifices related to their needs. The villagers left offerings of food at the edge of their village for wandering spirits and fairy folk. There was also a sacrifice of a black sheep, a black cow, or cattle. At the end, every person returned home with a brand lit from the sacred fire, which they used to relight their own hearth and then light bonfires or to set torches at the edge of their fields. The centerpiece of American Halloween tradition is the jack-o'-lantern, yes. the gutted pumpkin carved with a delightful design that glows with the insertion of a candle. Many historians in our century claim that the original idea for the jack-o'-lantern came from the Celts, who hollowed out apples and vegetables, even turnips, and used them as safe candle holders while they were later used by medieval Europeans as small lanterns. Mm. Whether or not the early Celts carved faces into the apples, turnips, or beets to ward off evil is debatable. The pumpkin is an American vegetable, and therefore pumpkin carving belongs on the long list of American inventions. It is believed that the story of the jack-o'-lantern is European-driven, easing into America as various immigrants cross the waters into their new home. The gist of Jack's story is that he watched the devil climb a tree, and when the devil couldn't get down, he made a deal with him that he wouldn't go to hell. When Jack died and heaven wouldn't let him in, hell decided they wouldn't let him in either. So he took a turnip, hollowed it out, and dropped a burning coal inside so that he could see in the world of the in-between, for it was mighty dark. On Halloween night, if you see Jack coming with his turnip, hollow out a turnip yourself, and Jack will think you are lost too, and he won't pay you no mind because he's looking for someone to take his place. So we have to do that. Yeah, jack-o'-lanterns are a very, very classical protection amulet. Oh, yeah. I mean, pumpkin. Pumpkin in general. Like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Trigger warning. We'll be discussing animal torture and death in this next passage. So if this is triggering to you, we encourage you to skip ahead. We apologize for the top subject matter, but it is a part of the history of this superstition. So just giving a fair warning, everyone. Our modern Halloween wouldn't be the same without the traditional black cat. We first find cat mythology in ancient goddess worship. Freya rode in a chariot pulled by cats. Artemis often appeared in cat form. And of course, we have the Egyptian goddess. Who? Who is that, Sean? Bastet. Bastet. Your, your, your girl. Your girl. Yeah, she's over here somewhere. Oh, she's, yeah, she's, somewhere. she's over there. Yeah, the she's, yeah, you know. Cats were seen as divine and sacred to the ancient Egyptians. Negative superstitions tied to cats would have begun with the Romans. When a foolish soldier killed a cat and directly following the incident, he was killed by a mob in his home. Witch trials, Inquisitor Nicholas Remy claimed all cats were demons. And before that, witches were said to worship the devil in cat form, which influenced medieval Christians to torture both the accused and the felines. That's really sad. Yeah. Oh, God. Cats were burned in wicker cages on holy days and festivals. But don't worry. Cats got their revenge. If the church had let people keep their cats during the Black Death, the fleas on the rats that carried the disease might not have brought Europe to its knees. 
Myths of witches turning themselves into cats continued to dominate trials and torture chambers. As the myth continued to live through horror films, black cats became a beloved symbol of Halloween in our modern times. I mean, how many cats, black cats do you see in every single Halloween movie, Halloween show, like everything? Did you know that when I was nine years old, I had a life plan. I wanted to be the, I was, so I, I wanted to move to New York I wanted to have an apartment in a sky rise, very high at the top. I wanted blackout shades and I wanted like seven cats, black cats. And I wanted to be the witch of the village. Oh my, well, I mean, that can still happen. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to come to your place since I'm like deathly allergic to cats. I'm also allergic to cats. That's the thing. I wasn't then, I am now. But I adore black cats. They're my favorite color cat. Um, And- And the hairless cats. Those are great. I love the hairless cats. It's terribly disgusting to me that not only the history of black cats, but also the fact that black cats are still the number one, like type of cat colored cat abandoned during Halloween season, returned to shelters, um, found on the streets, even like hurt by people because of these superstitions. So everybody just a moment of silence for black cats love black cats love black cats another trigger warning if topics of death bother you please skip this section so scarecrows are quite the magical fellows another cool halloween symbol for centuries they have been guarding the fields of humankind not from our feathered friends but from an even worse menace crop failure As ghoulish as it sounds, the original Scarecrow appears to have been a real person who was sacrificed on ancient fields to feed the land and encourage beautiful crops. Through historical records indicate that this practice most likely occurred in the spring during the time of planting. The burning of effigies is also an old practice used for a variety of purposes, including religious and political. The Scarecrow symbology may have crept into current Halloween practices through one of three avenues, the rhymers or mummers of Europe, the practice of burning the wicker man, the druid, or the effigy burning celebrated on Guy Fox Day in Britain. The corn dolly is entirely different. This European practice centers on making a doll out of the last stalk of corn harvested in the fall. To the early pagans, she was the embodiment of the harvest. Some poured water over her as a fertility charm, some fed her to the farm animals to protect their health, or some burned her in the community bonfire as an offering of thanks. She may even be put to bed until spring and then plowed into the new garden to bless the fields. Wow. You know what I just had like a realization about? What? Okay. So everyone, you know, from um, our last uh, episode, how Night Before Christmas, you know, one of one of the top faves. Do you remember mm-hmm. in the beginning when they're singing the first song, yes. how Jack Skellington yes. is in the scarecrow? Yes. And he's burned to like- yes bring yes. out his true form yes how much symbolism is that come on oh, that's something that we wouldn't have known if we hadn't gone through this Here wow love it that was it okay and then okay of course the next part we can't have halloween without skeletons mm-hmm. the fascination with skeletons date back to the paleo pagans and later european mythos where many tribal people preserved the skulls of their ancestors which were painted 
dressed and displayed in prominent positions as clan gatherings or were consulted as oracles with appropriate offerings. In our modern practices, the Mexican Day of the Dead or El Dia de los Muertos <laughs> is an important observance in the melting pot of American culture. The celebration begins on the eve of October 31st and is a belief dating back to the Aztec people that the souls of the dead return to the land of the living with the migration of the monarch butterfly to Mexico each fall. This is a celebration of parades, feasting, and acts of honoring the dead. And if you want to watch Coco, you see all oh, of that in Coco. Coco, I love that movie. Can you say El Dia de los Muertos again? Because that was beautiful. Really? Okay. Yeah. El Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Oh, my girl. I love that pronunciation. You know, I took, Spanish. <laughs> I took Spanish for a couple of years, so I should know. Love it. Love it. So... What is Halloween without us? Witches. Today, there are over a million or more practicing witches in the United States. Witchcraft is the fastest growing religion or lifestyle, because some people don't like to use that word, mm-hmm. in the U.S. and most individuals converting between the ages of 21 and 45. And a growing number of practitioners assimilating into the craft with an already established religious pattern of their choice. Up until the 1300s, the services of the witches as healers and diviners were used by the church and noblemen alike. But accusations of evil were quickly employed to vilify enemies, scapegoat victims, fuel village feuds and dominance, and in lust for money. Millions of people were killed in the witch crazes of Europe and North America. The witch hag we see in modern Halloween imagery developed as propaganda to devalue women and especially to remove the authority of elderly women as matriarchs in the pagan structures of the family as the church took hold. The pointed witch's hat symbolizes the cone of power, the energy a magical person raises to assist and protect them in ritual, and the broom corresponds to fertility rites practiced by European peasants to ensure the growth of crops. Mm -hmm. So when you're dressing up like a witch for Halloween, remember the power you're raising. Yes, and guess what? We dress up like a witch every single day. 365 days a year. Yeah, yeah. Local covens or larger pagan organizations hold public rituals at Samhain. They often take place a few days before October 31st to accommodate those who also have private celebrations on that date. Covenant of the Goddess and Reclaiming Tradition both have well-known annual public Samhain rituals. You can often find these listing of events in local pagan shops, online at The Witch's Voice, and sometimes on meetup.com if you want to meet more witches. So, you know, you never know. And hopefully everything is COVID friendly too. Yes, masks, social distancing. Never can be too careful. Be vaccinated. Vaccinated. Yup. <laughs> that was aggressive, but it's fine. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> you fu- we need it. We fucking need that aggressiveness. There's no on it. excuse. There's no excuse. No excuse. no excuse. So the next part we have on the Google Doc is Samhain spells, rituals, and activities. Can you tell Ooh, that we like went, yeah, we went like, we went ham on this Google Doc, but guess what? It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. So Samhain house blessing. So this ancient pagans often prepared for Samhain with intense cleaning and organizing to honor their visiting ancestors by presenting themselves at their best. Makes sense. It gives you a chance to scoot out stagnant energy and to weave in protective wards and blessings throughout your home. So how do you do all this? Use a five-step cleansing process, physical cleaning, 
smoking cleansing and cleansing by air, cleansing by fire, cleansing by water and earth, and making an offering to the household deities, to the deities to whom you pray, asking for their blessing and for the protection on your household. Sean, are we going to be doing this when, when we do yeah. this? every lunar event i mean but we yeah. do i we do but like friends which is new year yeah but friends like time. we're we're gonna be together on Samhain, so we got we got a lot of shit to do <laughs> we're gonna be running around with like smoke bundles just like dancing around <laughs> I, know, I know and blake and zach and philly are gonna be like what blake and zach and philly are gonna be like <coughs> Philly's going to want, oh yeah, but Philly's also going to probably like run around the house with us and be like, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Another great activity for Halloween. It's a Halloween divination. Paleo pagans and Celtic peoples use divination techniques to ascertain the state of the tribe on Samhain, including casting lots made of bones, shells, or wood, with each combination having its own meaning in the spiritual plan. Yes or no stones can be substituted to the answer you receive indicating what most likely will happen if you continue on your path. There are historical Halloween divinations involving burying a white stone in the ashes of a fire. The person says a prayer and walks around the fire three times. Apple divinations were also in, employed in the British Isles on Snap Apple Night, in which children were gifted a large apple on Halloween as a symbol of a long life and happiness. So it's safe to say that Halloween is a great time to practice divination and any um, kind of divination. Yeah. You know, we're tarot bitches. You know, we love an oracle deck. Oh, dude, we're going to do what you want. Ham. Ham. <laughs> the whole floor is going to be covered in cards. Basically. <laughs> Fire magic. The torches of the Welsh and the jack-o'-lanterns left at the edge of the walkways kept witches away, but they also lit a path for ancestors wandering across the veil. Candles might be placed in windows, usually on the west side of the house to represent the land of the dead, or lights placed along walkways and paths so that the beloved dead visiting across the veil could find the way to the door of their loved one's homes. Yeah. And light the way. Yeah. Pumpkin separation spell. This one's fucking cool. Uh All right. Unfortunately, we all get into predicaments in which we feel trapped Uh like all the time. Uh So in this instance, use a pumpkin spell. You'll need two miniature pumpkins, a black felt tip pen, an eighth of a teaspoon of pepper, an eighth of a teaspoon of red pepper. So the first one's black pepper, an eighth of a teaspoon of salt and 14 tea light candles. Seven days before Samhain, hollow out both pumpkins. Write your name on the bottom of the one pumpkin and the situation or person you wish to be removed from on the bottom of the other pumpkin. Sprinkle the two peppers and salt into the bottom of the pumpkin of the other person or situation. Carve the pumpkins with the sigil of your choice to vent and refrigerate the tops. Set the pumpkins three inches apart on the table and place your hands over them, intoning. Pumpkin light, which is fright, send, name of the person or situation, away this night. Each night leading up to Samhain, refresh the candles and push the pumpkins another inch apart. On Samhain night, repeat the spell at midnight. I love that so much. I'm going to be doing this so often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trick-or-treating is a modern incarnation of old Irish, Manx, Manx? Max, Manx? Sure. Manx, whatever. And Scottish practices that sometimes occurred over multiple nights leading up to Samhain. In Ireland, the poor went door to door mumming or souling. They offered songs and prayers for the dead. As payment, the owners of the homes they visited gave them soul cakes, 
cookies with a cross on top representing each soul detained in purgatory. Some regions came to call this door-to-door collections practice Halloween rhyming. Often children sang a song to the people who answered their doors and soul cakes or soul meat was part of an expected exchange. Mumming in Ireland gave way to going door to door saying, help the Halloween party, any apples or nuts? Holding Halloween parties also became a tradition of entertaining children while adults reflected on the year prior and made plans for the year to come. These parties served as small family reunions, but also played a role in matchmaking. Attendees played several games throughout the evening. The more popular remembered games and superstitions involved apples, obviously, like bobbing for apples. I can never get that damn thing straight. Can never Same. get a goddamn apple in my mm, mouth. I, no. Nope. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, All I right. know. Stalin. <laughs> protection powder i really like this one and i feel like you could use it on Samhain or not on Samhain make it on Samhain and then mm-hmm. use it on you know yule whatever you want powders were frequently used in early american witchcraft by hey powwow practitioners and Stop. artists <laughs> this powder is designed to work on halloween eve and can be used in spell work or alone you will need equal parts of the following chili powder black pepper Angelica root for protection and exorcism, rosemary, basil, pumpkin spice, and cloves for protection. Grind the herbs into a powder and stir the intention of protection. On Halloween Eve, light a black candle and ask spirit to remove negativity in the present and throughout the coming year. Put the powder in a bowl and over it say, witch's lair and spirit wolf night, ancient ones bring second sight blood and bones of those before help me with this little chore all these herbs and natural things at my bidding safety bring north for earth and east for air i summon spirit to help me here sprinkle the powder around the black candle and let the candle burn out and bury it off your property use the powder in the corners of your home to seal doorways and windows and to cleanse the air of negative thoughts i love that again i fucking Mm -hmm. love that wow Part two. (laughs) Yeah. Costumes. What began with the Druids and ancient Celtic villagers dressing as animals or as frightening creatures such as ghosts and wandering the edge of their settlements and groups involved into the moving ritual theater known as mumming. When the Irish came to the New World, they brought their costume traditions along and had masquerade parades. And over time, the traditions caught on amongst their neighbors. The costumes veered away from that of goblins, ghosts, and fairies in the 1930s when commercial costume companies appeared. So that's why, like, we have so many, like, Halloween parades. All, like, New York has a huge Halloween parade. Um, Let's not forget at Thompson Square Park, they have a puppy Halloween parade. Mm. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah, don't forget that. They have a dog walk of the dead here in New Jersey, and I really want to go to it. Um, you should. <laughs> um, I need to. Yeah. yeah. Love a costume, had a whole box, and wore them every day to school. Like, yeah, as you not should. during Halloween, too. Like, yeah. in, like, fucking summer. Anyway. <laughs> it was a weird bitch. It's okay. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween wish candle. Manifest your destiny on Halloween, but be careful what you wish for. You'll need one eight-inch candle in a glass container, paper in different colors, scissors, and reversible collage glue. Cut tissue paper into fun Halloween shapes and glue a layer onto the glass. Then coat that with more glue and let it dry. Hold the candle in your hands and say, 
Creature of fire, lend your will to my desire. Hold the candle in your hands until your palms tingle and become warm. On Halloween night, light the candle and let it burn out completely. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Haunted houses. One of the more popular activities is visiting a haunted house on Halloween night. In this experiential theater, the audience walks through a darkened building and faces frightening or silly scenes. They could be anywhere from private homes, churches, old warehouses to shut down jails, barns, or even Halloween Horror Nights, LOL, because, you know, there's Halloween Horror Nights and I don't even know what else. They're, they're everywhere. I love going to haunted houses, but they are not scary ever. Like, I've never been scared in a haunted house and I push to the front every time and it just they just don't scare me I don't know I don't remember the last time I went to one honestly I probably peed myself probably I'm dragged to them all the time not anymore though since now I live in the woods and this is my own haunted house (laughs) Uh, could you imagine how cool it would be to build a haunted woods like in the woods like an attraction you would literally be Blair Witch you literally (laughs) would be (laughs) I'm always goddamn Blair Witch yeah yep Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Our next section is yummy. It's uh, Samhain recipes. Yes. And they're like easy. They're easy things that you can make. Uh, obviously, like we're, mm-hmm. we're also going to make. So baked apples. Um, Yum. Apples are everywhere at Samhain in games for apple peel divinations and for pulling apart in tests of strength. So what you need for baked apples, apples, a tablespoon of maple <laughs> syrup per apple, one tablespoon of raisins per apple and one teaspoon of allspice, cinnamon, or ground cloves per apple. Set the cored apples in a dish on a microwave-safe plate. In a bowl, mix all the ingredients until evenly distributed. Fill the apple and put on high in the microwave for two minutes, or if you're using an oven, preheat to 375 and have them in there for like 10 to 13 minutes and you're done. So nom, let's eat them. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. Nice. All Souls Day bread. So this is a little bit more complicated, but we love bread. So worth it. Kept in the home or distributed among neighbors for good luck throughout the coming year. You'll need four yeast cakes for fertility and money, two cups of milk, eight cups of flour, one teaspoon of salt, all for protection, eight egg yolks for fertility, two cups of sugar for love, one teaspoon of grated orange peel for love and money, one teaspoon of grated lemon peel for protection, half a cup of butter, and a teaspoon of poppy seeds for luck and invisibility. Dissolve yeast in a half a cup of milk and add one cup of flour. Sprinkle a little flour on top and let it rise until it doubles in size. Add salt and egg yolks, beat until thick. Add sugar and peels and mix with other ingredients. Add two cups of flour and remaining milk, alternating each so that the mixture doesn't get too dry or too wet. Knead for five minutes, saying, blessings upon the living, prayers upon the dead. Add remaining flour and butter and knead until dough comes away from the hands. Set dough in a warm place and covered with a warm, damp cloth until it doubles in size. Separate into four parts, braid, brush the top with beaten egg yolks and sprinkle with poppy seeds. Let it rise. Bake at 350 degrees for one hour. And if you can't summon the flames directly from hell, the oven is fine. Oh, you said that. (laughs) Pumpkin seeds. Mm, yummy. Blake loves pumpkin seeds. We pumpkin, all like uh, right? all love pumpkin seeds. Right? 
pumpkins are all over the place during Samhain and there's so much you can do with pumpkin, but this is a very easy recipe to do when, or if you're carving out a pumpkin, which you should be, you know, put all of the seeds in a bowl instead of throwing them out, preheat the oven to 300 and mix all of your seeds with oil, one to two teaspoons and salt. We sometimes put cinnamon in the mix too. Mm -hmm. Cause like, duh, spread mm -hmm. them on a baking pan and let them cook for 45 minutes. Done. Easy peasy pumpkin squeezy. There you go. Um, it's funny because some people either do salty or sweet. Some people only do salt. Some people only do cinnamon. We've actually mixed salt and cinnamon and the salt brings out the sweet. Ah, yes. Same. Yes. We fucking got this. All right. Another thing I want to do, which is brew. Oh, duh. this, this is, mm, this can be an offering of a beverage used for religious symbolism in Scotland on Samhain, a chalice of ale brewed especially for the occasion was taken into the sea, which was literally walked into the sea by a person up to their waist. An invocation will be made to a God or a goddess, then a request for blessings or protection. And then the chalice was emptied right into the water. Could you imagine me doing this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> for a similar brew, you'll need one gallon of apple cider for love, one orange for love and one apple for love three cinnamon sticks to stimulate our psychic senses, an eighth of a teaspoon of nutmeg for fidelity, one handful of rose petals for love, and one big pot. Pour apple cider into a large kettle. Squeeze the orange juices into the cider and discard the pulp. Core the apple and cut it into a fourth inch slices. Add to mixture. Break cinnamon sticks in half and with the nutmeg, add it to the mixture. Warm over low heat for two hours without bringing to a boil. Over the mixture, say, from the moon to the vine, from the vine to the fruit, from the fruit to this brew, may the goddess send her blessings, may the god grant your desires. And feel free to substitute the terms god and goddess with the names of your deities. Serve from a warm pumpkin punch bowl and sprinkle with rose petals. Oh my God, we have to do this. We have to. Uh, this is what I'm saying. We have we, to do this. We yeah. have to do this. Also, this next thing, I literally was like, oh my God, I think we have to do this. So- Mm -hmm. griddle cakes another nom the irish often serve griddle cakes on Samhain. they're kind of like pancakes and are best with syrup and butter maybe we can make some like pumpkin griddle cakes or pumpkin yeah, what you need mm -hmm. two cups of flour three-fourth teaspoon baking soda a half teaspoon salt one cup of milk or yogurt and sunflower oil Mix all of those bad boy ingredients together, but add the milk or yogurt a little bit at a time until a dough forms. Shape the dough into two inch circles, about an inch or half an inch thick. Fry in one tablespoon of sunflower oil and boom. Like we have to make these, so. Yum, 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 yum. Yep. Mm -hmm. Last one is lamb's wool, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was so you when I saw it. I was like, oh, thank yeah. you for adding this in here. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, this is the Scottish version of sangria. So you'll need ale, light cider, one teaspoon of cloves and one teaspoon of cinnamon. Stir the ale and the cider together and then add the spices. Bring it to a simmer and keep it warm. Yummy. Right? Oh my God. I cannot like... What, how many of these are we going to make? All of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Zach's going to be cooking. Oh, he's going to be cooking. He's going to be mm -hmm. cooking. So our last part of the Google Doc, we're like basically done, everyone. Like, go us. Yeah. So our last part is honoring the dead. 
Mm-hmm. Samhain night calls for a dumb supper or similar acts of feeding dead ancestors who might cross from beyond the veil or purgatory for a visit. During these events, people set out food for their family and their departed ancestors. Participants consume these meals either in silence or in muted tones, except at the beginning of the ceremony when they invited ancestors and at the end when they bid the ancestors to leave. So nice. Soul lights. You can make soul lights to set at the quarters of your circle or on your altar to remember your loved ones or on your porch to welcome trick-or-treaters or the spirits of the dead in. You'll need one tin can for each family member, nail polish remover, an old towel, hammer and nail, a design for each can, can be sigils, hanging wire, a half a cup of kitty litter for each can, one tea candle for each can. Remove the labels from the can and use the nail polish remover to remove any glue. Fill the can with water and freeze. Place the can on the side of the towel and punch holes into a decorative design on the can with a hammer and nails. We freeze the water because it's going to keep the can from moving all around while you're trying to like carve the sigil. So punch a hole in either side of the can for the wire hanger. Let the ice melt, dry the can, and loop the wire through. Pour kitty litter in the bottom, add a tea light candle on the top of the litter, light it up, hang the can in a safe place to light the way. Oh, well, I guess we got to go get some kitty litter. Litter? Kitty litter? (laughs) That's fine. Kitty Kitty, litter it is. Kitty litter. Kitty litter. (laughs) Philly's going to be like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? (laughs) Like, there's a cat? What? No, Phil. No. So, what was super cool? I found a spell to speak with your ancestors. I thought this was super cool. Set up your sacred space with comfortable seating and a table with pictures and mementos of the ancestor or ancestors with whom you want to communicate with. Prepare a list of questions you might want to ask. You may also want to prepare some chamomile, mullein, and mugwort tea to help you relax. After you set up your space, take a bath. Visualize any conflicting energy circling down the drain. Pause to put protection oil on as you do this work. Prepare a small plate of food and beverage to offer your visiting ancestors and bring it to the altar. Sit and take as many deep breaths as you need to feel relaxed and then announce to the ancestors that you would like to converse with them this evening. Say no more and resume to your breathing, paying attention to what you hear, see, smell, and feel. When you feel that you've completed, thank your ancestors for their time and ask them to return to the place they came from, expressing your love and gratitude for them crossing the veil to come see you. Don't forget to write down any information you feel is important. And when finished, throw away or bury the food offerings that were at your sacred space and take part in some lively life-affirming activity. Because that's a lot. That is a lot to do that, Sean. I bet you know, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I just had recently um, made a section on my altar for my ancestors and conversing with them is always a lot because there's always a lot of people coming in and it's a little bit, a lot of voices, but, um, but yeah, you know, it's always, it's always nice to make time for your ancestors, especially during the, the veil thin in a holiday. Yeah. Right. All right. This is our last one. Our last Halloween activity. Wow. Spirit rattles or bowls. Spirit rattles are made from dried gourds and used to call forth the spirits of the ancestors in hope of bringing their wisdom into ritual, rite, or bonfire celebration, and other things. Gourds can be hung by the front door during the harvest season to ward off any negativity. You'll need gourds, dried beans, paint, and strips of colored leather. That's optional, but you can do it. After you have let your gourd dry, 
Test the seeds within to see if they make a natural rattle. If they do, you won't need to hollow it out. Paint and add rawhide feathers, or if you need to cut it open, do it after a two week dry. Put the beans in the gourd, glue it together and paint it. And you got your spirit rattle. There you go. There is so much on this Google doc that we wanted to like even more that we wanted to put on, but then it would be like a 20 page Google doc. And we didn't want to do that to all of you. Cause right. But right. there's just so much, there's so, so much, um, to do during Samhain. It is a great holiday. Everyone loves it. It is the spirit of the witch the season of the witch and just have a fucking great time y'all. Yeah. We hope that you love Samhain as much as we do. And we hope like that this like episode made you like more excited for it because Sean, mm. we're going to have to make a whole list on what we're going to do. So, Oh Lord, it'll be another Google doc. Oh yes, it will. Well, which is, we hope that you have a very happy Samhain, obviously. And mm-hmm. we hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope you enjoyed our last episodes. You know where to find us. You know, the Instagram, the website, the shop. Don't forget the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, all platforms, you know where we're on. You know that you know the fucking drill. You know, like what? we don't need to say any of this. <laughs> have a good time during Samhain. Stay safe and be respectful. Yeah. Uh, And we'll see you next week, witches. Bye.